Hi, this is Malorca and welcome to another episode of my XL podcast. This is a bit of a special one. I basically recorded a conversation I had with my good friend Ian Bland. In this podcast, we sat down to talk about our joint Kickstarters. Both Ian and myself have got an album out available on Kickstarter just now. Ian's got his Dream Frequency 30 Kickstarter, which includes a track that the both of us wrote together the first ever collaboration between Dream Frequency and Ultrasonic. And I've also got my Kickstarter, a track that I found in lockdown, an album in fact I found in lockdown that was unreleased and it's a 1997 Ultrasonic album. So you can hear how the collaboration came about, information about both our albums and just us having a crack about the recording process and back in the day. I hope you enjoy the podcast, hope you can share it with your friends and I hope you can get behind Ian's Dream Frequency Kickstarter and my Ultrasonic Kickstarter and really help support the underground and get these records pressed onto vinyl and CD so you can own a physical copy. You can find these albums on Kickstarter just by searching Dream Frequency and or Ultrasonic. It'd be really great if you could back both projects. All the best, guys. Hope you're safe and well, and enjoy this podcast. Play the nine nine number and the people get sick. The the lockdown thing, as you know, it's just been it's been it's been hard on everybody. But I think, I mean, are we the entertainment industry, the music industry? We've been like the one of the worst people hit, and probably the last people that's going to actually get back to work. You know, as in going out DJing, live gigs. So it's been a, it's been quite a hard time. I know you're really busy with your, you know, your online stuff, which has been amazing. Yeah. Um, but as in going out and and DJing, performing, you know yourself, it's end of the year. If we're lucky. Yeah. It's fucking grim, man. I know it is. I mean, like we've had many conversations, especially early doors, like basically and and genuinely supporting each other, aren't we? You know, I've yeah said to you which we will come on to the kickstarter because i think i'm pretty sure i said to you about the kickstarter where we were saying we i seen the uh, somebody put kindly put me on a guy called si living livingston um god bless you sir um he put me he said listen have you seen these kickstarter things and it was the seduction one and then i was talking to you about it you got yours going i got mine going but we'll come back to that but but yeah it was it's bloody survival isn't it and everybody's in the same boat we're not by any means you know special but yeah like you said we're going to be one of the last industries that's that's going to be out but having said that i'm looking around and everybody else seems to be just doing what they want anyway and cracking on it's, it's so many mixed messages yeah oh, it's been a, it's been a hard it's been a hard time isn't it? and like you said you know us having a laugh and chatting but also try to guide each other through the ups and downs of it all you know I, i'm you know like Mental health is batted about dead easy these days, but you know it genuinely helps to just you know have mates and sound things out and ideas and you know. But yeah. what about this and what about that? You know, just yeah. to make you, you feel you're no one alone, and uh, you know there's other people going through it. You know, exactly, mate. <laughs> exactly, and and you know, like I mean, I tried all my mates; they weren't answering, so I. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, <laughs> going, going, going back, going back to the collaboration, right? Just, just. I know we're going to jump all over the place because even when we chat on the phone, man, it goes from you know, <laughs> chickens to bloody all sorts, like you do. But I did that gag on you, like. Listen, Mal. You've got me a bit fucking twice with that. <laughs> I'm like, Mal, I'm, you know, I'm doing this album. I really, you know, I, I want some really good mates, some some top people who are respected in this industry. <laughs> they wouldn't do it, but can you do it? And it's like, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, mate, mate. But no. Crikey. But yeah, we that's what we have. I mean, we've been doing the same. We, we just got to, you know, especially, I mean, we're coming out of the lockdown, hopefully, but bloody hell, at the time, it was just, the phone call meant everything, didn't it? Just to sort yeah. yeah, I mean, the same. I mean, I have been really, really lucky because obviously, yeah, I do my studio for, it's been bread and butter, making tracks for other people and producing and teaching and all that. And I was doing that before the lockdown. But it's the same with me, man. First, the first week, you know, people were, you know, regular people who book in like a few times a month. Gonna have to knock it on the head. And then luckily after two weeks when they got bored, they were like, sorry, just book me in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just driving I mean, and it's just, again, that's, people have like, you know, every, I think like saying first week or two, everybody batting down the hatches, fuck, what's, what's happening? What are we doing? Yeah. And then I think people needed to just do things to, to deal with fucking the situation that they were in, you know, and, and, and you know, and sitting down making the music or whatever, it's a great release, you know, because you do, when you're in the zone making a tune, the outside world's forgotten about and, and you're lucky enough to just escape for that wee bit, you know, being creative or whatever. Um, I I moved house, then my studio was just like, was like fucking packed in storage. And I had to, like, but that's how I built this wee corner up. She's and, let you have the corner. Your missus has let you have, Maria's let you have, she, I, you can have that and that's no more. Don't step out that corner. <laughs> but I mean, it was just weird because I, I was kind of lost for a wee bit and even trying to write music now, I'm still kind of like, I just kind of get my head into it because reality's just fucking sitting on my shoulder, you know? Uh, bills to pay, you know, events that I've, arranged and cancelled and you know lost money in flights and artist bookings and all that but it just kind of clouds the i don't know the, your head to try and just think straight and go right i be selfish and just think about music and unfortunately i've not been able to do that and that's what's been great about our collaboration i totally know that i forgot all about it that has just been an hour wee beacon of light in the fucking lockdown for me because you know, I knew we spoke loads. You, you know, told me about the album. I, I've been lucky enough to hear all the fucking tracks. It's sounding mega. Oh. And then I was like, "Fucking hell, that's right. We, we did that track. Was it this? It was just before kind of all the lockdown carry on, wasn't it? Is it start of the year? Am I getting my dates I, mixed up? I'm trying to work out if it was maybe like, was it like November or something like that? I was it before? I had a, I had a six pack of double deckers and I and I went on the train to see you. <laughs> hold on a minute. Let me fish but hold on a minute. Through the files. Is it is it what I think? <laughs> so basically right, I'm on this bad keto diet because I'm weird. Oh. Easy now. Line two. 
Line two, call you through. So basically, Mal, this is a moment. We should we should uh, give it. We should sign it, and and just give it as a, a you know a free sign thingy because this was the this got us through. Mallet, Mallet, the other six. It was a six pack. Well, you know. <laughs> so he's he's trying to say to me, "Come, Blandy, just eat it, just eat it, eat it, Blandy." No, eat it. So anyway, I was trying to tempt you at the dark side. Oh man, honestly. So I just kept it. So it's been it. It was the in gag for about two or three months after, wasn't it? I was just hey, kept- every now and again you send me a fucking screenshot of it. Hey, I'm gonna keep that. That's cool. going in the museum of uh, ultrasonic and dream frequency. Ultra. And you know what's going to happen? The next time I'm down visiting you, I'm going to eat it. It'll still be fresh, regardless of the expiry date. <laughs> um, yes. Dunking it in there. <laughs> you know what, mate? I'm looking at the calendar and I'm thinking that it was actually before Christmas that we did that track. But oh, I, right. So it was last year. Yeah, I got a feeling it was like end of November or something like that. I'm right. Wrong. But yeah, so I called you up. We'd agreed to do it, and I mean, yeah, it was when we got in the studio. Like you say, it, you do it and then you just forget about it. And it's almost like this little seed, as I've been promoting this this album, the, obviously, he's, that track has just gone boom. Yeah. Which I remember, right, when we did the track. So we sat, I'll, I'll try and fish out some little, I, I got you recording the drums or something, like being all technical and stuff on the touch screen and all that. <laughs> no, honestly, right. So you, you were driving it because it was great because you turn around to me because i i'm quite i like to get everything you know like sounding what's the word you know very compressed you know not not over the top but you were saying no blandy keep it raw and we need that raw sound and it was almost like you made me back off a little bit on it <clears throat> and then even when i was playing the piano bit you were saying make sure you get that dream frequency with the strings and all that yeah <clears throat> but for me personally when you stood here in the corner and you and, and you became ultrasonic that was magical mate honestly that i got the gooses and honestly like just recently you know like george dropped it didn't he uh, the first promo for scotland cheers george nice one dude um and we were listening to it we it was pre-recorded but we we went to blackpool for just a drive out like you do and honestly we had it on the radio mate it sounded brilliant i was properly buzzing i've not been buzzing like that oh for so many years when you actually hear somebody drop it on on the radio yeah, I watched that. I watched your video of it. Charlotte was videoing you, and I actually get goosebumps at the fact that you should. I'm getting goosebumps just now that you showed the goosebumps because that was always a test, wasn't it? If you get a, if you get a good in the studio, you're working on something. If you you're do, you get the goosebumps. You just know there's something in there, kind of thing, you know. And it doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, you you, you can just go fucking hell, you know. I know. Tick. I know. Well, I just remember that there was a the, in the track. You know, like the, the line, and you thought that we'd slow down. Come on, which which are etched into my brain. But when the, uh, the the Hoover stabs come in, I remember me and you just sat here just laughing, just <laughs> laughing because you know how that's going to go down. It's just just. Uh, it was it was like a fucking Wayne's World moment or something, wasn't it? The two of us just sitting and just went. Brilliant. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, I can, you know, I mean, it was kind of like, and it, it was the full. I mean. No, I'll even look just, we just recently did it. It's kind of been a long time in the making, you know, for yeah. the amount of time we've known each other. And then remember round about, I'm sure it was like early 2000s when you were busy doing, was it all the 
quake stuff and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was doing the public domain thing and we we're saying, let's try and get a track. Let's try and smash out a track. I think yeah. we were both doing stuff on Slinky or something like that. Oh, I shit. can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember? And we were like, Let, let's fucking try and do something. And we, we just never, we never get the time or whatever happened. Yeah. So it's, it was great to just finally, again, we had planned it. You know, dates moving, life right, so we got it, we get trained. Remember, you, you're like, right, I booked a fucking hotel, and I was like, right, I've booked a train, it's fucking happening because the two is don't like to lose any money here. <laughs> it's on, it's fucking on. No, but we are, we're, we're, we're very professional, aren't we? You know, I mean, that's the, yeah, we are. We, if we say we're going to do something, we do it yeah. and, and we yeah. commit to it. Do you know what I mean? And like, you know, there's, there's, yeah, so go on, yeah, carry on, mate. Yeah, so we bought the train, didn't we? We finally got it done. We got everything booked up. So I think it was like, it, it was fucking locked in. Uh, and and I, I remember, you know, I was like genuinely, we knew we were going to, you know, A, I was like fucking mega chuffed just to, to you know, obviously all your real mates were busy. I was like great to, to be on the, 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 the B side, you know, to be asked down to, to work with you, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck yeah, I need to. You're on the A side, sir. You're, you, <laughs> you greenlit all the way. What are you going on about? I was buzzing coming down, even low on my train. And I sat, I had a chair, and it never even had a fucking window. <laughs> so, and I, I was like, sitting all the way down to yours for Glasgow, like, fuck me, man. <laughs> you sent me a picture on the phone. <laughs> I knew it was just It a was wide. a fucking wall. It was just like that. That's a great view. Um, but I mean, super excited to come down. I think we'd two days. And, and for me, and I'm sure it's the same with you, you know, as you get older, it's all about working with people that you really want to spend time with. It's it's beyond uh, business. It's it's more about just being with friends and, and having a laugh. And, and that's exactly what the studio session was. Although we were very professional and we fucking, we made every second count. We had such a fucking laugh doing it. Yeah. And that and that, that to me is, is just means more than the music, more than anything else. It's about, you know, sharing time with friends and, and having fun and something creative and something brilliant came out of it. But the full process, it, it wasn't a burden, it, you know, it was so much fun. Yeah, I've got to say, you know, like, you know, icing on the cake was when Cherie came in as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think you actually wrote the, most of the lyrics. You know, for the well, you know, I don't like to brag, you know, ah, but uh... <laughs> it's down for the Ivan Develo Award. I've, I've put you down. You're down, mate. You're down. You, you're Elton and I'm who's that guy? What's with Elton John? Who's, who's that guy? Bernie. You, you're Elton and I'm Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not go there. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. So, but you wrote the lyrics down, and then obviously I said, listen, you know, well, we kind of batted them forward, and we, 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 we yeah. kind of. We did, but again, you know, we were having this conversation. Or, um, you know, you look at it on a piece of paper, and you're like, "Won't you come with me? Take me away?" And you're like, "But when, when you get a decent singer in to just belt that out, it's yeah, it's it's just different level, in it." So yeah, yeah. listen, Cherry nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Uh, yeah, you were like, you know, I'm working with this singer; she's amazing. I'll get her in tomorrow, and I was like, I, I think you had you'd sent me a couple of the tracks that. You, you were demoing already, so I knew. I, I wasn't actually. I hadn't hadn't met Sherry before, but I knew she was quality. Yeah, but she's just come in, and again, the, the lyrics. It's not like the deepest lyrics, but again, that's what we set out to achieve. We wanted to make a track 
as if we were we had that's something that we would have made 20 years ago 25 years ago yeah you know and just capture the essence of rave you know like the lyrics are what the lyrics are but it just works with the tune you know it's well, just it, a total exactly fucking hands in the air exactly i mean when we were making them tracks you know like back in the day we didn't break down to a big piano and go I found my spirit. <laughs> I hunted high and low for the meaning of life. <laughs> that came with a trance bit after. Sorry, trances. I was there as well, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was. We just wanted... And at the end of the day, that is what's been such, for me, and I've said this on the other interviews, you know, like obviously I make a lot of now music, you know, tech house, prog house, and I properly appreciate it. And I'm really, you know, know where that's coming from. And I'm, I'm into that as well. But the joy of making no Fs given rave and just going, this is, you said it in this track, what is it? The Ron Seal, what? The Ron Seal of rave. <laughs> it, <laughs> it does exactly what it says in the tin. Yeah, and, and that's what we set out to do. Yeah. Uh, but like you say, you know, you, you do it, you go back off to, 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 to Glasgow again, and then it's almost forgot about. And it's like this little seed, you know, when you when you 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 planted it and then people get to hear it. I mean, the conundrum, well, it's not a conundrum, it's a great conundrum to have. It's like people are always are now saying, When's it out? When's it out? When's it out? Yeah. Now, obviously the answer to that is the twelfth of never. No, it's not. He's, he's basically, you know, obviously I've got to get this album across the line on the Kickstarter, and then once that's done, then yeah, we can we can do remixes on it and release it as a single for sure. But I've got thirty days to do this, so yeah, we, we're we're on the home straight now. You smash your Kickstarter. We're, we're like, hoo, hoo, but we're getting there, and and then yeah, we can get it out absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's great about Kickstarter. We'd spoke about that before, didn't we? You know, like we'd, we'd both kind of looked at it, and then you were like, "Check, check out this Kickstarter." And we looked at, I keep forgetting the guy's name. Seduction. Seduction. Mm. And and they sort of, you kind of see what's achievable, and it, and it's and it's great because I think everybody who uh, pledges or backs your Kickstarter. Yeah. They really are on board and they feel like part of the process. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. And it's, I'm obviously putting something out and getting a digital release is great, but I think people uh, appreciate a tangible product, something they can hold, you know, like the vinyl, reading the, the, the notes, the production notes, the cover, you know, holding the vinyl or the CD in their hand. I think all that's really important. But right now for an independent artist such as yourself, me, it's it's such an expense to take the gamble on putting together an amazing pack. You know, ultimately you're putting together an amazing package that a that a major record label would put together. Yeah. But you're doing it with the help of, I hate the word fans. You know, I mean, I, I, but you know, like people who people. But basically, it is. It's like-minded people. I mean, yeah, like-minded people. That's that's the right way to say it. I. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and then you look at it and like just to explain the for everybody about the Kickstarter thing is <clears throat> again you pledge you go on the tier and um, you see what packages and you say right I want the CD or I want the vinyl or whatever 
And if if you hit that target, then obviously you pay your cash, your ta- cash gets taken out. But, you know, they see this big little wad of money. I don't know if do people do think this and think like, oh, they're making all that. Well, no, three quarters of that is going on the price of the bloody CD, the vinyl and all the rest of it. Plus the time spent in the studio. I mean, I started this album in September, so God knows how many hours I've put in. So it probably breaks even when you, if you hit your target, it probably breaks even. But to get that on vinyl, I mean, I don't know about you, but did you, you must have done this, mate. Did you ever get your vinyl? It sounds really weird. It's like, and smell the cup. <laughs> smell just the packaging and all that. And, just, and like, you know, like you're doing the coloured vinyl. Is it blue and white, yours? Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, we won't go there on the football teams, but not on Scotland. That was it, David. Football just starts to call it up. Oh, mate. Um, <laughs> and the Glasgow there. Rangers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't support I'm out, football. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so ours, I think ours are green. I think ours is green and blue, I think. So we Oh, the psychedelic Manchester, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went off the covers, but yeah, you know, just... I can't wait, mate. I, I, you know, I can't wait to just to hold this in my hand, you know. And, and, Aye. I mean, I think the last time I, I smelled anything Easy. <laughs> was was my action man when I was a, was a child, you know. And then I remember holding the first vinyl and smelling that and thinking, it's a magical time. It's a magical time to be alive. Uh, I mean, you're right with the Kickstarter. I mean, I've had like crazy questions from people going, oh, right, so we just give you money and then we need to buy the album. And I'm I'm like, no, you're basically, it's basically a pre-order. Yeah. On, you know, whatever tiers that they want, to, how much they want to get involved. And like you say, there's Kickstarter fees, postal fees, production costs, and then you're left with a small amount. And, and I think in your case, with your Kickstarter, Ian, it's not going to cover the amount of time and studio time oh, no. that, that you've put into this amazing album. You know, you've worked with loads of uh, amazing artists on this, amazing singers, all your own studio time. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of They're that- never going to get paid for it, but that's not what it's about. It's about getting a quality product released on CD vinyl, and it? And just yeah. celebrating the fucking music. Yeah, well, it's 30 years as well. And like, yeah. you know, when I- like, 30 like, fucking years, wow. I know, I've said in other interviews, it's like, I've never really done any dream frequency stuff in anger, and it's bizarre, really. But it's it's weird because I've always done the PAs, and the PAs, you know, them tracks. Luckily, like "Take Me Feel Surreal" and all, especially in Scotland, you know, people want to just experience that, you know, and and see the PA and all that. And it's just kept me going. And I've said, yeah, yeah, of course, I love doing the PAs. But the thought of actually writing new dream frequency stuff before I did. Oh, give me the shivers because how do you follow that and then you I didn't have my rave head on and I don't know just something clicked with the 30 years and I just thought and then honestly man four or five tracks in I was just loving it and it was just like it was just fuck off I'm writing rave and I'm loving yeah. it and I don't give a shit and it's opened me up to like you know all the people that are, are still into this this music. You know, and 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 it's in my DNA, man. It's same with you. You know, yeah, yeah. we do other projects. You do your acid um, album and all the rest, but there's just something about it, and it's just timeless. We'll we'll be doing this, mate. And I've said, said to my mate Rob, um, you know, we'll be doing it in the care home, mate. Yeah, but that picture. Remember when we got over an island with all of us looking really old? Oh, I. That- well- 
It's funny because it's true. <laughs> in, in every joke, there's, there's an element of truth in it, isn't there? Yeah, it took me ages to see that picture, mate. What I did was I had to write it was this app. I can't remember. It was an, an age app or something. And I aged you. And then I had to copy that and then age me. And I think X-Ray was on as well. And there was like three of us. But yeah, funny, man. That's a peach. I mean, the, the 30 years, I remember the first time that I see... I mean, and again, like what you were saying... The pressure on your shoulders with having such amazing anthems, Dream Frequency tracks, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people just think, oh, why don't you just fucking do another one of those? If it was that easy, we would have fucking albums full of fucking anthems. And, and, and as much as they're a huge track, sometimes a, a big track for an artist, it's, it can be like a fucking a weight around your neck because you put this pressure on yourself. Yeah. I need to do something as big as that or something better or something new. Yeah. But then I think with the passage of time, you just kind of look back and you can go, that was fucking great. And then you get to yourself ready to go, yeah. I'm ready again, man. And yeah. like you've, you've arrived there with a the 30 album, you know, and the freedom of just doing what you want to do. No pressure. That, that has been it. That has been it. And because... You know, I haven't, I didn't really sort of announce that I was doing an album. You know, like I said, I've been sending you you tracks and, and here and there and there. But but yeah, just, I'm not just saying it. I'm so proud, honestly, and of our track as well. And, you know, I got to the stage where I think I've done about 12 tracks. And we went to some friends of ours and um, we said, oh, you know, we'll play them yet. And we played them all back to back. And that's the first time that I got goosebumps thinking. And I'm not just saying that. I, I, I ain't blowing me on trumpet, but I'm going to blow me on trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, every single track, and I'm not shitting you, every single track, there are no fillers. There's no, yeah, yeah, skip that one. Every yeah. track is a is in its own right style, you know, is, is, is bang on, you know. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Imagine, imagine, Ian, if you had... If you had a time machine and you could go back to the early 90s and put this album out, you, you know, A, it would fit right in, but also it would be just fucking, it would just, it would be fucking massive. You know, it's like, you've took the essence of the Rave uh, and, you know, you've took your full journey, you know, 30 years, obviously, mm. and, and, and put it into this album, but staying true to your Rave roots. Uh, and I just think it's a fucking it's an amazing thing you know I think 80, 80 have a 30 year fucking career to look up look back on yeah. and celebrate yeah without even fucking releasing a tune that's something else yeah but then to to celebrate it with a fucking album worth of fucking bangers yeah that's, that's fucking a tip of the hat to you son oh, oh, no honestly mate <laughs> And, and it's given me the hunger again because, like we've discussed, we ain't going to just do this one track, mate. We've had the lockdown hanging over us and we've said, you know, like, obviously you've got your Kickstarter, I've got mine. We've already talked about doing other stuff and I think we've kind of said, let's get the, both the Kickstarters out of the way, but we're definitely going to do some stuff together, mate, because that was... I wish, I wish I lived closer, though. I wish I lived... Honestly, man, I'd be around <laughs> yours bugging the shit out of you every day. <laughs> It'd be great, man. Hiding under the curtain. <laughs> oh, he's here again. 
through the letterbox, kickaboo! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because it was so, it was so much fun, mate. It was so much fun, and yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, once the album's out, I just want to do more stuff with yourself. I want to do remixes of tracks off it and and our stuff, and and it's just give me a whole. Yeah, it's just give me. Sometimes you have to. I think when I've always been a believer of you do things when the time's right, and maybe the universe aligns, and it, maybe it just wasn't the time before. But now I'm all. I'm almost like, yeah, this is this is me. This is what I do. There's a whole audience for it who are still into that stuff, and younger people as well. We were discussing this the other day about. I'm pretty sure I've seen stuff of people at the 1994 young young crowd yeah. coming through and that. It's. I mean, I think that's what's great about. Where we're at the now with rave music, I mean, you could you could go back, you, you know, you've got to love a da- music just the way I have, you know, like Northern Soul and how you know it's still it's it's still there. There's still you know a huge following for that young and old, you know, that kind of was like a precursor of rave really kind of thing in it. And then you cut, cut to rave, everybody who was there for the first time round has got you know maybe young family friends and they're bringing them along. And then everybody who missed it, but's read all about it, seen videos about it, heard the music, but missed it, they're now getting a chance to get back and experience it. And and if you go to the right events, you know yourself, the energy is, you know, it's the closest thing. At a really good old school party, it's the same energy, you know, and it's just, it's frightening how all the tracks they hold so many memories for everybody and when they're played now it's 30 years of fucking what that person's been through and they're celebrating on the dance floor you know And but this time bizarrely they've maybe got their daughter with them or a best friend because maybe they've lost their raving partner who would have been there but they're really with their kid or you know it's a fucking it's a weird weird thing but it's just a, a great celebration of the music and what we've all been through I'm kind of waffling on a wee bit but oh, I, no, it no, really no, does it's, it's get me you know I think um, well two things actually that were going through my mind while you, while you were saying all that number one I think the, the biggest triggers of, of memories is smell going back to smell again yeah. action man excuse uh, me <laughs> um, and music isn't it when you hear a tune it just takes you straight back and that's why you get the gooses um, and all the rest of it um, and you, you know I'm into my history the other thing I was thinking about you know I'm really into my history so we went to, to Stonehenge a few years ago um, not naked obviously but um, we, we were there and if anybody's been to Stonehenge, you get dropped off at a visitor centre and you can have a look around and then you, there's a little wee bus that goes up, like, I don't know, half a mile to the actual Stonehenge. So we, it was a beautiful summer's day, so I said, no, no, let's walk. So we actually walked and then you hike across, like, these fields and there's, like, burial mounds all the way there. And I'm not joking, there was just this feeling, there's just this feeling... But what struck me, when I got there, I know, I know the history of Stonehenge and they used to have, like, you know, big congregations that used to, even back then, come as far as France and they all used to feast and all that. And I honestly think that's in our DNA as human beings of getting together, yep. getting smashed, having a laugh, getting, <laughs> getting the, no, seriously, music, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, 
And I think, like you say, there's just something deep inside us. I know it's a bit deep for everybody, but but I do honestly think that's where it comes from. It's that it's that connection in it. I hundred percent agree with you. It's just that tribal yearning to fucking dance around a campfire, isn't it? Or whatever it is, a drum, yeah. you know. Fucking, we, I'm laughing because you were saying smells. The first time I seen Dream Frequency live was at Resurrection. I don't know what Resurrection. I told you a story. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, I'm fucking standing watching with my big mate, and I've just gone, "Fuck it, that is amazing." It was like the full UV show and all that, and the tunes were fucking smashing out. And I'm just in awe watching you doing your thing and all that. It's got fucking amazing. Some ravers kind of went by me and just went, "Fuck you." Right in my face, with, with two white gloves, full of Vicks, right? But the fucking guy who stuck it in my eye, and the Vicks went in my eye, and I was like, fuck. And then I was thinking, I was, I was like, and my mate's like, what's, what's, what's up? And I was like, he's fucking blinded me. Somebody's blinded me. I'm like fucking swinging out, you know, so much for peace and love. I'm just fucking swinging out, trying to get some guy. And my mate's saying, it's all right, it's all right, it's just Vicks, it's Vicks, it's... The guy was just trying to, you know, like fucking give you a smell of his Vicks. Oh, and that was during your set. Well, you're up fucking giving it a large. And I'm fucking. <laughs> so every time you smell Vicks now, it's just like. Three frequency. Uh, feel so real. Feel so real. And I smell a Vicks and I get the twitch like the guy at the Pink Panther, you know. <laughs> Close all. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, I, I remember that I've told you this as well. The, the first time I saw you guys, we were doing, we were again, we were playing Resurrection. Would I be right in saying that was the first time you played Resurrection? I think that was our very first Resurrection. Was, was that the Circle Stage one? No, I, I no, no. Was it not the outdoor one? This? I don't, I don't know. My mind gets kind of blurry to what's and where's. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it was the outdoor one. You know, the one that they had at. Um, the Highland Centre, but they had it outdoor, and I think I yeah. think they had event two out. or something like that. the event two. I don't know. They had some sound problems because the bloody guys with um, you know like the the peak meters, they were like turning yeah. everybody down, and and yeah, I think the prodigy walked off. I think, That's right. Yeah, yeah. the environmental health guys, weren't it? They used yeah. to come in. Turn it down. Yeah, I saw on some forums that people were giving the prodigy pelters for that, but I know why they walked off because it was just like. We can't perform like this. It was literally like, you're all right, lads. Nice one. Yeah. I remember you guys. So anyway, I finished my set. And I think that would have been around 1994. Um, and for Dream Frequency, I, this is, again, you look back and I always felt a bit like, around that period, I just felt a bit lost musically. I always felt like house was kind of coming through and I was trying to steer Dream Frequency a little bit housey with good times and tracks like that and there was a couple of PA tracks that were quite and I always remember uh, some comment uh, in a mag saying oh Dream Frequency have really mellowed and I was like (laughs) you know like you know but I remember you guys come on I mean we did alright but you guys came on and I do remember just thinking who the fucking hell are these fucking boys? <laughs> you are. <laughs> 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 these pesky young kids see. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, oh, whoa, whoa, check these out. And you absolutely smashed it. And you know, it was one of them moments, mate. Like, probably when you said you saw me, it was one of them, like, eye opening. 
oh, wow, yeah, check these out. And uh, you know, you're thinking, just wow, mate, you smashed it. And I remember you had the, the bubble hat on, I'm pretty sure you had the white <laughs> I was like, check these boys out. Get a bit. That's my... <laughs> no, honestly, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then probably the next time I saw you after that, was probably Kelly's the, the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. How mad how I always talk about that gig as in one of the hottest, if not the hottest gig I've ever fucking played in my life. Yeah. You know, as in for the fucking can you remember the heat in that place that it, night? It was honestly my eyebrows were freckles were falling, slipping down and everything. It was it was it was just crazy. How many were locked outside as well? Yeah, I, I, well Kelly's I don't know. I, th- I think it was like a good few thousand inside and just as many outside. And then remember they actually kicked a hole in the roof and they were all pouring in for yeah. the fucking roof into the dancing. And I was just thinking, you know, it was always, it still is always amazing to play in Ireland, as you know. Yeah. But this was just fucking taking it to a whole new level. And the fucking heat soaked to the bone like instantly. And then you're also doing your gig. But the energy never dropped. It was just fucking, you know, me, yeah. you, and X-Ray have spoken about this night, you know, but every time somebody ever says, what about like a, what's, what's been your like maddest? That's one of the first one that comes into my head yeah. for just total insanity. I remember, I remember being back. So you must have come on, you must have played after us. You, I, I'm pretty sure you did because I remember being backstage recovering literally like you say you were I just like fucking you were no you were literally going like it was just ringing yeah. when it it was ringing and the our dancers were coming off like, ah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like and I remember it's a hazy memory now mate but I think it might have even been Roger bizarre as it sounds yeah. one of your crew came running off <laughs> and right around just went <laughs> Shuts up and I'm going like, all right, mate, you're all right. And he just went, aye. And then you just like ran back uh, upstairs. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it could have been Roger, but I might be wrong. No, I think I think that was, uh, was one of your dancers, Billy. He was like fucking renowned for that, you know. Like he I would really he would just like it. mad on the laggers and all that. And then yeah. mid set, he'd run away, and you knew he was away puking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, the, the, weird, the weird thing is, and it wasn't any sort of, you know, poor face or anything, but we, we didn't really interact or chat or... Yep. I, I don't even know... If it we, was just a kind of like, you all right, how are you doing? Yeah, and it was just a bump into each other in yeah. line. It wasn't like a... All right, lads, what you... But it just... Again, it wasn't out of any sort of, like, standoff. It was just yep. it was just the way it was. And they'd build it up. They'd sort of built it up into this battle of the bands... And I know that you never thought like that. I never thought like that. You know what I mean? It was it, they just built it up as a, as a bit of a battle. But, but there was yeah. never any fucking oh, hit ultrasonic. The fucking yeah, yeah. never any of that shit going on. But, but, but then cut to remember we did the the was it a thirty year reunion in the battle of the bands? Yeah, yeah just recently. Yeah. And, and I said to you, I was like, mate, I, I'm not really comfortable with this battle of the bands fucking yeah. title and you yeah, were like ah yeah. mate fuck it it's not just fucking let them go ahead we'll call whatever they want yeah and then i was like ah all right it's but you know i, I was just like there's no there, there's i get it you know battle of the bands it's just more like a catchy title than anything else it's no like yeah, yeah. we're fucking 
and I was just like, I, I, how do you feel about this? And you were just like, ah, fuck, just get on with it, man. It's, it's, no, it's not a big deal. And I was thinking, all right, fuck it, okay. But that was a great night as well, wasn't it, when we'd done it? Oh, that was brilliant. A couple of years ago. That was brilliant. Was it last year? Was it last year or was it the year before? Oh, you get old when you're going like, <laughs> what's my but That was another good night, is it? Just, again, getting a chance to play all the old songs and and... And again, I keep going back to it, but it's like the night was steeped in history and then we're all back again, celebrating it with loads of people who were there first time round and they've brought in like the younger crew, family, you know, people who missed it first time round. Yeah. Just the excitement and, you know, and again, without dissecting lyrics and all the rave lyrics that on paper just don't mean anything. In that context of a fucking rave, it means everything, you know? And it's just fucking, it's just it's just fucking great to be a part of that again, isn't it? And just celebrate it. Mate, I say it to you all the time, but I, I was stood behind you when you were playing your set, the, the last time at Kelly's. I thought, I love watching you bounce around. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching, I've never seen out like it, fucking just bouncing up and down like a madman. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, this, when we did the little promo for the album, like Charlotte, she took oh, it took her ages to do do this, syncing it all up. But there's a, obviously we got some footage of yourself with, with our track, <laughs> jumping up and down in time to the music. I'm laughing me, I know. We were we keep we were looking at your footage, going, how fucking high does he jump, man? Oh, years of practice, man. I, that was that was when you know again, you you done the track. And it wasn't until uh, you sent me the wee clip that Charlotte had edited together. I was like, fucking hell, man. Yeah. You know, it just all it came together. And, it, you know, that was you going, right, I'm going to share it with people and everything. And I was like, fucking hell. And I started getting really excited about it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I let, I've let two of my friends like, who I kind of trust their ears. Uh, it was like, no, maybe just, just after that. I was like, what do you think of this? And they were just like, fucking hell, man. That's, that's unbelievable. And, and the bizarre thing about it is that freaks me out is it's kind of like it is very much a new track but it's a new old school track yeah you know if it, it, could, it could equally be released back then as it could be right now yeah and I, it just I'm already it, me, me internal monologues already already feeling pressured to follow that up if we do when we do the next one I'm like shit <laughs> what are we going to do are we going to stop that I think, I mean, when we were, that again, talking about the recording sessions, I think the Bathies kept, kept each other on track because we kind of knew what we wanted to do. And and if, you know, if I was maybe going, let's keep it, you know, too raw, you were kind of going, oh yeah, but we still need to. And then if, if you were maybe trying to polish things too much and I was then pulling you back, we got a really good balance of, where the track needed to be, you know? Because yeah, I, yeah, because you definitely told, said to me, I remember said, you know, you're obviously about the pianos and the strings, do what you do for Dream Frequency. And I was the same to you, because you were saying, well, I think you, you might have asked early doors, like, well, what, what, what do you want? And I'm like, mate, I want them, I want that ultrasonic, and you delivered it, mate, honestly, you delivered yeah. it. I, I think as well, I, 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 I brought it out here as well, that was the first time that I used that wee bad boy. Yes. Remember, because we were talking about, and again, if nobody knows the history of the 303s, you know, 
you know, so linked with dance music, but Behringer released a £129 version of one. <laughs> and that was the first track that, you know, I've used it in. Uh, and, it, and it just sounds like a fucking real 303, isn't it? And it's, I know you've got the, the yellow one as well. Hold on a minute there, sir. Yeah, pull it out, pull it out, boy. Pull it out, son. Pull it out. Here we go. Yeah, so I was waiting for this version. So I was all interested in that. Anyway, so that 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 sort of, I think that might have spun us off for an hour, I remember, because we were trying to get it bloody working and... And then it was some setting to do with the synth tool that you couldn't. Yeah, we had we had about an hour of yeah, around, but in the end we got it and we just recorded it all in. Yeah. So that, that was, was like a, a journey. I it was great to just like fucking have that, but again, it just sounded like a real three hundred three, and I didn't need to bring down something that you know I packed away my fucking my real one, and I, these wee boxes are just brilliant. But using things like that. Us digging deep, getting out the old rave samples, and I know there are people who, you know, we spoke about this before, who have released sort of rave records. You know, harking back to those days, uh, you know, uh, Billy Bunter and uh, Damon from uh, fucking. The ex- Help me out here, man. The Exorcist. No, no, it's not the Exorcist. What's it called? The old. Hi, Damien. <laughs> Sorry, man. I can't even get me filmed. Right. <laughs> but I. So you know when he's no like um, slaughtering virgins, he's writing old school music. But you know there's been there's been artists who have, you know, celebrating old school music. But uh, I, I genuinely think with your album coming out. And the ultrasonic album coming out, and with every, all the work everybody's been doing promoting old school events. Yeah, I just feel like there's going to be some big old school explosion again. Although it's never been away, it's just yeah. like with, with tracks like these and coming out of lockdown, and it just seems to be the stars have aligned. Can I, you know? I don't want to get uh, carried away with myself. Sometimes the tracks that you're most excited about do fuck all, but there's 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 a certain fucking energy about everything that's happening right now that's really exciting me. And obviously, mate, you. absolutely. I mean, there's a night. Yeah, you you played it, you know, and, and I'm like we're lucky to, to be playing this uh, this bowlers reunion, and in um, and I'm sure you'll 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 be playing on the next one. I'm no doubt, like. <clears throat> but um, yeah, they'd set up this group, and then there was like six thousand members or something in about three weeks um, or four weeks, and they're putting a night on, and they've sold two thousand tickets already. So that obviously after lockdown, oh man, there's going to be such a clamor. And then obviously we your nineteen ninety four, we've already said, you know, like you know, at some stage, listen, mate, I'm totally up for it. We need to pair this track, mate. We need. Oh to yeah, it. man. I, I just, I, I, how good would that be? You know what I mean? Dream Frequency, Ultrasonic, Ultra Frequency or whatever. Oh, man. It's going to be magical, man. You know, like, how, how about this for an idea? You know, is, do you know thing after lockdown, when we all get back out and we're all raving, your first raves, your first events, it's almost going to be like the third summer of love. As in everybody celebrating, being together, Fucking, we got by that fucking mad, crazy spell there. 
it's going to be fucking magical. You know, it's going to be emotional for, for ravers, club owners, bar staff, DJs, artists. Everybody's going to be so grateful to be out doing it again with people. Not just about getting money and paying the bills and all that, but just fucking celebrating and partying with people again. It's going to be fucking unbelievable. I know, I know. I mean, I just, yeah, fingers crossed that we seem to be coming out of the lockdown and all the rest of it. Like I say, everybody, it's such a weird time for us in our industry because, like I say, I'm looking around and as much as the government legislation saying do one thing, I think people are just <laughs> just cracking on. Right. Don't know what to, I just, I'm lost. I'm lost with it, mate. I really am. I, I'm but, kind of 50-50. But, I mean, we'll no bog this chat, do we? You know, it's all about here talking ah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that first event is going to be off the yeah. scale, mate. I think, I, think, I think a lot of people will learn a lot about themselves and it, so many good things is going to come out of this lockdown. Even though it's been fucking devastating, I think we can only all just focus on the positives you know, and to get to the other side of it and then be out and raving or, you know, whatever it is you want to be doing, I think you're going to appreciate it a lot more, maybe, is what, what I'm trying to say. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, in amongst our long chats that we have, like, when, when we speak to each other, we, we do get on that kind of headspace tip as well, don't we? The, the sort of, not spiritual side, but but I've said to you, and it, you know, my, my take on everything is, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> <laughs> you can only control you can only control yourself do you know what I mean all the shit whatever it is that's going in the world you, you know you could it, everything's got to start with yourself and if you could just be you know get your own house in order and then just feel happy within yourself and then just let that manifest through everybody else and just be nice and fucking that's what the world needs at the moment and raves Love <laughs> I love rave, me. I love rave. Me. I love rave. <laughs> and we do, and that's a fucking passion, and that's never going to leave you. I don't know. And there's, there's so many people with the fucking clothes they wear, the haircuts they've got, the music they listen to. It's in the fucking DNA, and it's gone nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's that's just how it is, um, and it's brilliant that. You're at a place where you are celebrating 30 years of dream. I mean, could, could you even, when you started making the music, you, you never even knew what was happening next month, next week. We never to, mind 30 years. Well, I mean, even in the early 90s, we used to, every New Year's Eve, I always, we always used to say as a crew, I wonder if we'll still be going next year. That, that yeah. was how it was. I wonder if we'll still be going next year. What will we be doing this, this time next year? But then who'd have thought 30 years? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, for me personally, I've done other stuff like, you know, my Dancing Divas stuff, Quake, the trance, and obviously my studio and my Blandy stuff. But Dream Frequency has always been there in the background, you know, and it's, yeah, it's the same with you. With Old Sonic, you did the public domain and all the rest, but Ultrasonic, man, that's that's that's, that's your baby, really. And it's well, same with my, you know. I just look, you, it's... It's, it's always there and when the time's right that's when you you know you're gonna you know I totally understand where you were at and you're saying you never felt ready to visit visit it until you started working on that album yeah because you know yourself you have to you have to want to do it now it's never something that you can exploit just to get 
a quick buck or, or, or whatever. You know, even in and doing the gigs, you know, we spoke about that. It's about picking the right gigs to go and play because it's a lot more than just fucking, I could get that, I'll get my money and up the road. It's about enjoying the night, catching up with old friends, you know, f- working with guys that you want to be around because you don't need to be sat in a fucking room with your ear getting chewed off with some person that you just, that they're, toxic man you know you just want to be making it a night out yeah. like it used to be yeah you know it's just going back to what you said early doors in this in this chat like about yeah you've not felt like making music because of, of external things going around i try and explain this to people you know like obviously we're lucky that we do this for a living you know um but like the upside and downside of it sometimes I try and explain that if if you're not in the right headspace, it's hard to make music. Whereas if you've got like, you know, you've got a nine to five job, like a bricklayer or whatever, the only things that are stopping you doing that job, even if you feel pissed off, are these hands and they ain't gonna stop you doing your physical job. But to do music, what you're gonna write a really good track when some shit's happened. On the flip side of that, sometimes if you dig in and do do that and get locked into the vibe, it's great, isn't it? Because that is yeah. the, your escapism. And, and, oh, mate, that's helped me so many times. All the shit that's gone on in our lives, you know, up and down, like we all have. Yeah. It's just a total escape, isn't it? Yeah. But it is I hard. It is hard. You're a machine, man. I, you know, I've got a lot of respect for you because I know how hard you work. And, and also, when you're working with other people, the, you know, again, it's on your shoulders, isn't it? You're, you know, if somebody's coming to you to, to polish a track or to write a track with you, you have to be, you know, every member of the band, uh, you know, that you're the you're the fucking drummer, the producer, the keyboard yeah. player, you're everything in, in one box and you've got to deliver this product to your friend, your client or whatever. So there's a lot of pressure there, you know, but it's something that you seem to cherish and fucking really enjoy and you know I'm sure you get days that harder than others but oh mate yeah you're, you're, just, you're just constantly working away grafting man I mean I always like to flip things you know like and especially later on as I've got older you know like I, I realised I think I am a glass half full actually because I, I you know like some days I'll get up and I'm knackered and I think oh I've got a session for blah 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 and like you say I've got to be on point you know because you know they're paying me money to make a track and but what what it makes me realise is like I must have been a proper lazy bastard in <laughs> because there's days when I thought if I'd have been working on my own I might have gone oh, I can't be arsed you know back in the days you know like, I thought I can't be arsed um, yeah. but then when I've actually obviously I've had to and I've stepped up and we've come out of it and I've gone oh man we've just wrote a, and I'm not saying it an amazing track if I'd have been on my own and I've had, a, I'd have had that, I, I, you just my point is, it just shows that if you push on through, you know you can do it. But I, yeah. I just compete with myself, mate. Honestly, I'm, I'm totally obsessed with making music. It's, it's like OCD, you know. I'm never going to stop making music, even if I retire. I'm never going to stop making music, and I just compete with myself. Do you know what I mean? That's just, it. I, I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe it's a lot of people do that as well in other professions. I don't know what about yourself. Do you ever do that where you? You're making it, you're not, you're making it, I'm almost making it for like, see where it goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. That constant artist struggle in it in your head. I, I think you, you're, you're your own worst critic in it. You're constantly trying yeah. to impress yourself. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, 
that's obviously you get your best results, but equally, you know, I'm sure you're the exact same. I don't know how many great riffs, piano lines, hook lines, you know, whatever, that you've probably discarded because you said, nah, yeah. it's, it's no good enough. Yeah. But if you'd have let anybody else hear them, they'd be like, fucking hell, man, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you need to be a bit ruthless and just kind of detach yourself to get the job fucking done, innit? Yeah. Do you know what? I think, I think a lot but of Keep the quality there, you know? Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's this old thing about keeping it real. Um, and it's like with the album, I, I do honestly feel like, you know, I, I've, I've kept it real. It's, the, it's one of the... I didn't say, you know, like, oh, we've all suffered from this where you're making sort of like, oh, yeah, that certain bit of acid house is in or that certain thing. So you kind of follow that. This this was so much fun in the reason of it was for real. It wasn't yeah. like I was sat down and going, I need to make a track like Matey Boys because that's big at the moment. This yep. was absolutely... And and now when I look back, that's why I feel so much joy about it and, and pride because it's it's first thing I've done for years. Now, I'm not saying I can't write a track that is on the tip of what's trendy and it's as good as whatever, but that sense of being real. Yeah. You know, I know it's an old... An artist, it's an artist album. Yeah. It's an artist album. Ah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with you. Like, like I loved your, you know, the the the, the, the Acid album. Like, you came here to, to mix some of the tracks down and that. And I was buzzing on that for you because I just thought, yeah, he's just done that because he wanted to do that. That is for real. You know what I mean? Aye, that, that, no that's, that's it. I mean, I think you, you know, the freedom that you felt just writing music, you had your, your dream frequency hat on and you were in the fucking zone. No writing music for anybody else other than yourself yeah. uh, in that fucking dream frequency state of mind kind of thing. And that's when you get your best results and you've got it with this album. With the Acid album that I done, I just wanted to write the music that I, I felt that I would have done back in the day if I had all the right tools, you know? And, and it was kind of like a celebration of 30 years of Acid House. And I just thought, I don't even care, you know, it sounds like a total wanky thing to say. I don't even care if people like it or not. It's what I want to do. And, and as selfish and as arsy as it sounds, if you're not doing it for yourself and enjoying it, you're kind of no really doing the right... Oh, it's, it's one no, of them, no, 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 I say this myself, mate. You know, like I say this in the studio. If you're not buzzing about... And this goes back to my mentor, Nick Nick Hawks, you know, who, who, if anybody wants to look him up, he's the guy who signed me. He's done nothing. He's nothing. He's a bum. He's, he's done nothing. Bum. He's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he signed this little band called The Prodigy and things like that. And where are they now? What are they doing? Come on, Nick. Sort your shit out. Yeah, I'm not yeah, fucking but, sitting about. But he'd always give me pearls of wisdom and he still does. And, you know, and he is all about, yeah... You know, if you're not excited about it, how is anybody else going to be excited about it? So you've got to yep. be, you've got to be getting that them gooses yeah. at you, really. The again, you know, what, the ultrasonic uh, dream frequency mashup that we've done, they both has kept each other in check. You know, like I, you know, you were saying, you know, get the, the ravey 
bits and the MC bits and I was saying, no, listen, let's get the fucking dream frequency pianos and strings in and then you'll see the big vocals. And we were bouncing all these ideas and try to get the best out of each other just so we delivered exactly. Um, you know, anybody who's not heard the track and just think of the two bands' names, they can hear the track in their head already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when they do f- hear the finished track, it's fucking totally delivered. It's nobody going, nah. I, see, if they'd have done this, it'd have been so much. You know, it's just like fucking check, check, check. check. <laughs> there it is, man, isn't it? It's like fucking get. And I can't wait to hear that in a big system. You know, I really can't. The amount of people that have been asking me, when send us a copy, and I'm just like, listen, this is, this is Ian's baby. You want a copy, you need to get the album. You need to get behind Kickstarter to make sure you've got this in vinyl. You know, and then come out of lockdown, playing it. Fucking hell, man. Here we fucking go. But then again, check this out. You have got, what, fifth, many, many album tracks have you wrote? Um, there's about well, I've, I've remixed "Take Me and Feel Surreal." Well, seventeen brand new tracks on there. So, so even your next live show, you know, I know you've been doing loads of work to to fucking really pick the live show up. But then you've got all these amazing tracks to fucking play in yeah. a live set. Yeah, that in itself's giving you so much fucking energy and excitement. You know, to blast all these. It's just fucking. It's I'm super excited for you, man. No, honestly, I mean, the lockdown's really kicked us in the nuts. But again, glass half full, it might be good because everybody's took a bit of a, a breath and it's it's got me time to actually concentrate on getting the album out and all the rest of it. So, I mean, the weird thing is, I think people think when the next book is for a live PA that, that we're just going to do... You mentioned, like, new album, and I think some promoters... <laughs> He's fucking gonna go like jazz. This is my jazz fucking. It's <laughs> on my jazz phase. You know what I mean? It's like no, seriously, we're gonna do all the fucking bangers. But here's some more bangers. They're yeah, yeah. Bangier than the ones that we had, or as good. So yeah, so yeah. Any promoters out there who think you know, just just play your old school stuff. Of course I will, of course I will. But yeah, I'm hoping by the time that the, the gigs really kick off, you know, we're all out of lockdown, um, the album's done its stuff, and then yeah, you know. But yeah, imagine, imagine listening to our track. Oh, mate, me behind the keyboard, son. You up front? Ooh, ooh. Uh, I'll be, be making, I mean, but here's the thing as well all the stuff that you've been writing sits equally you know if you had a time machine it would sit in a dream frequency set back then and it's still fucking you know still stays true to its rave roots and you can fit it in right now and it's just fucking again you know like the stuff that I've heard it's cleverly old school sounding but still relevant and modern now you know and, and that that's a fucking weird it's almost like you've managed to bring together two things that doesn't yeah. make it you no know, old school and new school but you've it works it's as equally pays homage to the past as it does the present sort of thing you know it's a weird one i mean like i obviously yeah you know i produce for a lot of people and like one of the guys i produce for k k69 kev um and a lot of his stuff is like sort of raves rave but like for the now and bizarrely, I think a lot of that, of me producing for him, 
has given me that in you know that sort of blueprint if you will of for my album as well you know what i mean so it, yeah it's again it's that when the time's right you know yeah um but yeah i mean there's, even, not- there's even a couple of drum and bass tracks on there which might i don't know if they might be like i'm not sure about that but they really complement you know like the vocal drum and bass and you know for their say oh, you could hear any of them on on daytime radio one you know it's a bold statement yeah. but but I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it. And uh, so it compliments. And then the last track on the album, I've called Look Up and Wonder, and it's going to be on the next, um, you know, the de- uh, preview. Um, and I just need to find the, it's the last bit of the jigsaw, and I need to find this vocal for the top of it. I was going to try and clear this this other sample, but it's going to be too prob- problematic. But then that is just a proper chilled out arpeggiated electronica track just and i just wanted to do that for the last track where you've listened to all these bangers and drum bass and all that and then you just think i always think you come back from a rave and you're just like oh wow man and then just listen to that and it is yeah. musically i'm i'm so chuffed with that so wicked man actually just fucking flexing your muscles as an artist you know and that's i think it takes a lot of balls to do that because I don't think I, know, I think if, if a lot of people I would say if over 90% of artists if you really ask them I don't think they actually stay true and do what they want to do I think they buckle to pressures of what they think other people expect them to do or what they think they should do as opposed to doing what they want to do I think and I, that's how yeah. you need to celebrate what you've done because you've done what you want to do yeah, I think I probably sat in between, you know, because I do realise I've got to give people who expect Dream Frequency, we ultrasonic, we, we've got to, we've got to, you know, you can't, like, we can't just go in a studio together and go, this is ultra frequency. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> what are these guys on? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so, so. Yeah, there is some of that, but then it is an album, so you, I like, you know, I want it to be a little bit something different. Some tracks that grow on you, you know what I mean? But but having said that, they're all fucking bangers. Trust me, they are all bangers. Um, but yeah, it's, I just, I've just had so much fun doing it, mate. And, and like I say, it's, it's we all suffer from that, where you're bowing to pressure and making especially house music where you're thinking oh this is in at the moment I'm going to make I've got to make, I've got to make a track like that and this was completely oh it was so liberating mate just to just go fucking tell you what you lot crack on with that you be cool and do all whatever the fuck you want to do yeah I'm just doing this now and this is what I'm concentrated on I'm doing this it's liberating mate and and it's made me realise as well is and we're so lucky and it, for yourself is you know, it's not the style of substance. Like we were there, man. We we were there. We you know all us. Raving. Can you hear that? Can you hear that phone of mine? Is it cutting through? Yeah, get it in the track. Line two has uh, been <laughs> off the hook this morning. I'm getting a fucking. I'm getting BT phone calls for Amazon. It's obviously one of the fishing calls, you know. All right. It's fucking. Hold on. Hold on. Eh? It's a t-shirt order, really. That's what he's really saying. It's a t-shirt. Oh, he's back. Don't want anything! Fuck off! 
Uh, sorry, mate. You were in full stride there, and I fucking right, mate, I was just talking, down on you. I was just talking about you till I was just talking about you. What you, you'll see what I said when you leave. When you watch uh, the video, like, he's a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. Oh, fucking hell, don't worry, mate. It's life, isn't it? Yeah, no, you were saying something about sending me a couple of thousand pounds via PayPal. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so please continue. <laughs> oh, mate. But yeah. I'm sorry, we about you there. It, it's, been, it's been totally liberating, you know. Um, it's just been totally liberating to do this. And, and, you know, whatever happens, I mean, like, I keep saying this, and I'm not saying this as like, Oh yeah, you know, because you never know. But hopefully, I mean, listen, we're on the home stretch with the Kickstarter. Um, we've got thirty days left or thereabouts, so I'm hoping that we can get that across the line. Because yeah, I just want to hold that that package in my hand. Tell us about the booklet thing. I've seen you and Charlotte's working in that. That seems pretty fucking cool. Yeah, so I mean, we've got a few ideas actually. Um, but the main thing on the Kickstarter, we wanted to do a booklet. Like, I mean, sure, I've got to give big big credit to me missus because you know i am i am so sh- i am so shit even when my social media posts i'm a bit like i would have been here's my album <laughs> <laughs> buy it <laughs> buy it it's good it's right good yeah and i don't mean that in any bad way it's just like yeah you know sometimes me I, when i talk to people i can talk for england but and connect with anybody but then sometimes online i'm a bit like <laughs> that's it uh, but um, yeah so she said about this booklet and I was fishing through all my sort of you know boxes of dream frequency stuff and there's so many unseen pictures and also what I need to do and I am going to get on this is I've got um, a, I'll shit you not a box like that of videos wow not them kind of videos dream frequency video well yeah them kind of videos <laughs> and dream frequency videos right and i need to get all them i mean i know paul dv he's got some amazing fun, yeah uh who, who don't know if paul he's, he's like back in the day and still now in he's uh he's your he does your your event united 94 as well uh, he's, he's a dream capturer he captures he, he, his phone is about the full of the the fucking rave scene up here in scotland um and i just think if it wasn't from, from for Paul, a lot of us would probably have forgot about all these amazing nights, and he's captured them forever. You know, he's got the fucking yeah, our memories there in celluloid or whatever it is. And what does he like? What does he capture? The vibe. The vibe. That's right. Ah, he's fucking some guy here, Paul. He's mad as a brush, but that madness has helped him capture. Oh, he's a legend, man. He's a legend. But um, so yeah, so I need to get them on. But the booklet, yeah, he's going to be a proper bespoke. You know, I mean, we've even got stuff like mad stuff like tour tour booklets from Australia and just oh, the actual, you know, right meet on the bus. I know it sounds train spotty, but you know, just all sort of behind the scenes stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we're just going to properly design it, put it in a book. So it's literally going to be. A collector's item. Oh, wicked, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. I've but seen I've pictures got, of like, was that a two-inch tape or something you found as well? Yeah, I need to frame them. So they, they was like, I just did a post on Facebook the other day, well, today actually, which is going to be obviously a few days ago because this is going out a few days after this. But, it's uh, in the future. Yeah, in the future. But that the story of that is, um, 
when I met Debbie, um, and that's another story, but when I met Debbie and I phoned her up and I said, do you want to sing on these tracks? Or, you know, I, I got a bit of an advance for the album. I packed in British Aerospace. So I was like proper, shit, I need to deliver this album to get the rest of the album advanced to live, to, to where's it all going? It was a bit of a, bit of a gamble. And then she came up and she sang these songs, um, which at the time, I don't know if you ever go in a studio with the Ampex tape where it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for all you youngins and people who don't know studios, now you could take a laptop onto a mountain and make a track. Fuck you know I know, mean? yeah. It was back then, wasn't it? It was like you had to sync stuff up, you had to record it all onto tape, and then right, okay, yeah, we'll okay, we'll do Mal's voice right, and then the then the tape open in and all that kind of part of my mental. Yeah, it was crazy. So these are the tapes. These are the. Um, not the two inch that we were recording, they bounced them all down to what to a half inch tape and then that went off to be mastered. So these are these tapes that I found. And four of the tracks on there, I think I'd wrote four tracks that got the knock back. So I was like even more shit in it. But out of the four tracks, there was lines that made take me and feel surreal. So so yeah, there's a bit of a history there. But yeah, I want to spray wow. them or something, yeah. Because people look at them like there's some fucking mad science experiment or something it's mad yeah for me back then that was like part of the magic of going into a, a real studio it was like oh. the huge desk the, the smell the smell of the desk uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this ones that I used was like a basement studio which never smelled the best because it was kind of that <laughs> damp fucking musky smell but I just remember the big desks and you know the, the guy who we recorded a first single uh, it was called Obsession where it was the first time we used a, a vocalist and we recorded that on tape wow. and I'm still friends with Andy Haldane who was the guy who ran the studio um, and just being able to be in that environment I felt like fucking hell this is real because you, you were writing it in the house you know at the time I was writing it in my bedroom in my house you take all your stuff down you'd load up your car you then drive to the studio build all your shit up again yeah. try to get the track running and sounding like you did and then record it live and then fucking record the vocals as well it was just like although it's now it's like a fucking it's a serious bit of work but then you just loved every second of that because it was like you are you built the spaceship and you were fucking in flying you know it it was just amazing man yeah and when you see when you see old footies like pictures of your tape and all that it just conjures up so many amazing memories, didn't it? And, that, and that's what that booklet's going to do. You're yeah. just going to be like, even you try to find it and compile it, you'll just be like trans fucking. You, you be, your, your mind will be getting pulled all over the place to all these amazing fucking memories, man. Honestly, mate, we've had the boxes out and there's flyers coming up. There's even flyers I found that when we played the tunnel, when I told you the wow. story of like, walking through proud as and before this is before Debbie Sharp proud as punch with me with me keyboard dream free <laughs> like, and then I heard some Scottish lassie girl going to a mate who's that ah that's dream frequency you're fucking shite <laughs> <laughs> my chest has just gone Fucking uh, she's just, that's what you should have just have took the keyboard case and fucked it right into her shin <laughs> <laughs> she was probably right though at the time no we were putting our teeth but, you, but yeah that, that kind of mate you know in Glasgow the, the, 
listen, I've been fortunate. You have, but they'd let you know if you were shy. Put it that way. But then, oh, yeah, I mean, but if you could, I, you would, yeah. You know, you know, you see how people get behind you when they're enjoying themselves. It's not a nice place to be when you, they don't like you, <laughs> and the, you know, like fucking, can you imagine the hate that you oh, get? Shit. I've seen it. I've seen it happen a few times where I've turned on a band or a DJ, and it's fucking horrible, man. It's, I remember it. Uh, I may, I'm not going to name the band, but um, he's he's not like one one of our lot that we that we all know. But um, I remember it. Uh, Earthquaker, and uh, they were playing. I think we were on after them, or we'd just been on. And um, yeah, they started sort of, I don't know what, but the crowd just weren't feeling what they were playing. And then they started giving the crowd a bit. Mate, they got proper pellets. Proper, fuck off, yeah, yeah. you can't. They were proper, proper. Mad, said, it? You mad bastards, what? <laughs> Fucking good luck with that one. Do you know what's mad? Again, we, we could probably fucking talk all day. So, but when you think about I remember you posted a picture, you were at, was it Joy or something, some open air rave, and it was you with your long hair and all that, and the picture yeah. was fucking amazing, the video clips. So you you, you were like getting in about it as a young raver. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, so, so then obviously from that, like many other people, you know, you're inspired to be a DJ or a band or a promoter, all that anything's possible attitudes come out of rave. Then you started traveling with your music, you know, the rave waves came up and hit Scotland. You know, and I was talking to my friend about this the other day there. In Ayrshire in Scotland, which is really rural, the amount of massive all-night raves like Earthquaker, Thunderdome, all these mad raves that were held in farmers' fields. Sometimes it'd be like three all-nighters in one weekend, you know, and I'm sure that was the same all over the UK. What makes me laugh is the amount of fucking happy cows that were jumping about that field a week later that maybe like snuffled up a bag of ease or a bag of weed. <laughs> mm, just fucking galloping through the fields, squirting milk out for the farmer. Just loving life, man. Just because, you know, rave music, you know, helped them, helped them produce some fantastic milk. It was great year for uh, Great year for that, you know. The farmer's wife on the milk like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, this mate, that, like that. Back in, in it. That clip that you're on about. I mean, that I'll try and fish that clip out. But um, yeah, it, it was the first illegal outdoor rave that I'd ever been to, and it was just. I mean, I can't describe that moment of we saw the searchlights and we we tracked this rave down. We didn't know where it was, and we thought it's there. Parked the car up, ran to the top of this hill and just looked down and it was just like, oh my God, and just legged it down. And then yeah. and that was in the morning, I was just dancing and I remember somebody filming me. And then uh, I, I think at the time I thought, fucking hell, I hope that's not like the local team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Granada reports or something. I mean, listen, I, was, I wasn't on anything at all. I, I genuinely wasn't, but... Um, at the, um, and then, yeah, it surfaced fucking nearly 28 years later. And it Amazing. was like, like a stolen moment in time. It was yeah. just, I was like, no way, no way. Wow. It's just fucking amazing, man. It's like, again, like you're saying, you know, just a fucking snapshot in time. It just must, even you were in it, must have blew you away. Because even me watching it, I was like, wow, that just fucking, 
you know, just you could it just summed up the full that era. It's fucking great to watch, man. Yeah, I mean they are they're like you know sometimes it's a blessing not being able to see everything. I mean everything's so recordable in it. You know we all do yeah. it. We like this is my tea. This is my breakfast. I know, I know, Everything's I know. like so throwaway. But to to them memories, like I say, I've, I'm gonna have to dig out all these uh, these um, backstage, you know, our own sort of footage of the Dream Frequency raves as well. And I, maybe even you you might be on it as well. But we, we recorded loads of shit. I mean, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Because I mean, back then, as much as uh, your phone with a video camera is the norm now. Back then, just having a video camera was a big deal, you know, and you took it to some of your gigs and filmed, and it was like, not everybody could have a video camera. You'd have to do a workout. You'd have to be on the weights and everything to fucking... Fucking to hold this thing, yeah, and then the battery running out or the tape running out. Yeah, I forgot about that. Even, like, if somebody at a rave back then was taking pictures, you know, you thought it was, like, drug squad or it was for the wrong reasons. What the fuck are you doing? You know, you don't do that here. Yeah. Well, yeah. now it's just fucking kids are dancing. Fucking check me. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's, it's fucking mad. So things like that, videos and stuff. I think that's why Paul's videos are so special because we were kind of, yeah, if we were lucky enough to have a video recorder, we'd be doing our own little hazy pictures and backstage. But like Paul, to Paul DV, he had like, he, back then he was like three or four different cameras and it was yeah. the highest quality at that time so he's got yeah. some amazing footage yeah I think he's got the Scottish rave scene captured yeah he's and he's put stuff out you know he's Paul's a good pal of mine like you know and we were actually he was helping me putting down a, a wooden floor in my house and he was like and we were talking about what fucking this stuff and he went you know what I found the other day uh, we we done a gig in Club Kinetic in Stoke and Trent. Yeah, and he went. I found the tapes for that gig, and and I had released that as an as a live album, and I didn't even know he was there videoing it, and he'd videoed the entire gig, and I was like, you what? It's you fucking you find. He went, yeah, four camera setup. I filmed a lot of it. I went, mate, I can't even remember you being there. So he sent me the video of that. Uh, you know, and I saw the opportunity and I put out a DVD. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but it totally fucking blew my mind because it was like, holy fuck, there, there's like something that I, I, I remember happening, but now I watched it happen and it was a weird, I amazing. I that there, yeah, because obviously I played for you the, the 994, um, was it last week or the week before? It might be the week okay, before. Yeah, I, I, I watched before. the... Um, a large majority of that gig and I remember that because obviously played there selling it and yeah what amazing footage mental man that was like a mad like the fu- I always felt like the further down south you went the crowds were quieter but you know Manchester North England you know like all those places were just as mad as fucking Scotland it was always brilliant to play there but that Stoke and Trent club for some mad reason, they just loved the horns and the whistles and the crowd noise it was fucking yeah. unbelievable, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Fuck. Uh, and just for the swear count, fuck, 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 Well, you well beating me, Mal. It's great. Sorry, man. It's a lot of fucking him. tick. Or is it him? I can never. Who? I'm back to front. I think it's him. It's he's a swearer. That's not class of swearing in Scotland, though. That's just standard language. It's like a comma. <laughs> 
Uh, you know me, I've got I've got me Scottish DNA, big time Scottish DNA, proved, validated. I said, once you've been up enough times, you just get accepted as one of us, so it's all I'm good, gonna, man. No, no, mate, I've actually got the DNA. I'm Celtic. That's right, you've done the full thing, Viking done it, the Celtic. That'll do for me. <laughs> it's in my passport. <laughs> brilliant, man, brilliant. Cool, man. Well, listen, what Alan have been trying for now? It's got to be an hour and a half, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, man, that's... Should we do another three? Should we just get on we, it and do another three? We, I think we should just make it a journey. Yeah. When it's I like was, a Sasha set. When I was two years old, right? <laughs> No, mate. So what's um, so what's your future plans going forward after the lockdown? I'm excited to put some parties together. Yeah. I'm excited about me and you doing some gigs together. Yeah. Um, tracks and again, hundred percent well, tracks as well. Hundred percent. Yeah, we need to do some more stuff and have as much fun. Um, and again, like I was saying, I'm, I've, I just I can't I can't get my head into making music. But I've been, I've been working, you know, like with music, but no making new music. The Kickstarter, Ultrasonic Kickstarter, slightly different for yours, where that, you know, I never needed to write any music. I literally, thanks to lockdown, I found an unreleased album, which is fucking mental. Yeah, that is. Um, and through us talking, you know, you were like, check out Kickstarter. I had looked at Kickstarter loads of times and just went, mm, I don't feel comfortable with this, don't know enough about it. And then you showed me your man's. Kickstarter and I was like, oh, fucking hell, man. That's that's pretty cool. And I don't know if you know Mike Force Mass Motion. He'd done a similar thing yeah. with a company that you can uh, crowdfund to get the vinyl out. So I seen it was all possible. Kickstarter. Then, you know, just fucking getting into some new music. Uh, bit of art. But just fucking keep going until somebody says, wait a minute, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> So you, get, so you get found out. To get rumbled. <laughs> but here, you must get people coming, you know, I'd like to book you in the studio and all that. Then, I mean, they get done and they just want you to write fucking a big Dream Frequency track for them, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, I, no, pro, mainly house music and stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah, when you mention your history and that, sometimes they'll go like, no fucking way. Or they'll research you afterwards and don't even yeah. think about what you've done before and then go. But even with you, man, like, there's so many aliases that you've done. I mean, I've been watching your, your video podcast things for this. And some of the tracks that you're pulling out and playing clips, I'm like, fuck, did he do that as well? Yeah. Fucking, I remember that track. And, yeah. you know, it's great to have such a fucking back catalogue of fucking bangers, man. Yeah, no, I've been lucky, mate. I've been lucky. But, um, yeah, focus is on dream frequency now for, for the foreseeable, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, just crack on with that. That's all I can say, really, man. But, yeah. Kickstarter. Here's, here's, here's to get the fucking track out. Get behind the Kickstarter, man. That's yeah, man. Well, yeah. So yeah, I think I think we need to get the Kickstarter over the line. We've got 30 days left. Get that done. Then we could get Ultra Frequency out as a single, 100%. Maybe get a remix or two on it. We, we were on about this, weren't we? Maybe get a remix on it. Yeah. Cliff Richard, you said maybe. Well, I thought he was a strong contender. Devil women, don't knock it, man. You know what I mean? That's a tune. Sound, mate. Wired for sound. Wired for sound. So, Cliff's in the bag, you know. <laughs> Ultra 
frequency. Also ich stehe erst mal ich I got myself a <laughs> Can you just imagine him roller skating? Oh, mate, mate. With the fucking back, the track banging out in the background, just everybody raving behind him, just Cliff leading the charge. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if we, if we can get that across the line, which I'm sure we will, um, that's it, definitely going to get that out because he's, he's obviously, he's, he's not going to just sit there, trust us, he's just not going to sit there. Me and Mal are going to do some more stuff. If you want to support Mal's Kickstarter, it is this. And obviously the Dream Frequency uh, Kickstarter, follow the link, hit pledge, choose your package, show your support, let's get it out there. Let's get it out there. I think it's important to get behind this and, and fucking get this music out because it deserves to be released on vinyl. That, that booklet thing I know is fucking brilliant, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, it's... Listen, we, we, me, you know, me, like I said, my wife, she's a professional marketing thing. And, you know, from me, myself, I, we, wanna, we don't want to put any shite out there. You know, it's got to be quality. The best vinyl, weighted vinyl, all that. We want to put out a package that you get and you just go... Four. Yeah. Oh, it even smells good. Egyptian cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the quality of these bath towels. Egyptian cotton. Fucking exactly. brilliant, man. No, but you need to. I mean, that's and that's what's that's what's genuinely so important about this thing, Kickstarter, that the two years are invested in. By no means is it a money-making exercise. It's about getting the right amount of funds to make a quality fucking product you know and the, the thing you've got with the booklet the cd the vinyl you know if, if you're passionate about music you want to be getting your hands on this because you know although it's great to have stuff music on your phone and it's in the fucking cloud you don't own that no it's not where is the fucking cloud you know yeah. we, what, what, what credits can you read uh when you're you know i like to listen to an album and still fucking look at the CD, the, the fucking sleeve notes and, you know, enjoy it all as a piece, you know what I mean? Because I, I own it, it's mine, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot, lot of other people all over the world that feel the fucking same, you know? Music's, music's the last fucking, you know, they're taking books away from us now as well. There's, not, there's nothing we can own anymore that's, that's, that's ours, you know, let's no fucking let it die out. You know, there is a vinyl resurgence here yeah, for yeah. people who really are invested in music. And that's yeah. what these 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 uh, Kickstarters really help guys like us fucking put the music out in the, in the formats that it's meant to be on, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. Well, I can't end it on anything other than that, mate, that's, uh, that's good. So I'm going to uh, say, yeah, support the Kickstarters. Let's get this shit done. Mal, thanks so much, mate. No doubt I will be speaking to you very shortly about mundane shit like how's your chickens and fucking <laughs> the weather. Yeah, just fucking giving each other nuggets of advice. <laughs> and if we have any nuggets for the listeners and watchers out there, it is Kickstarter. Just before we go, Mal, are you thirsty? Well, we've been talking a while and uh... (laughs) (laughs) 
Even cold tea and a good mug is good. <laughs> all right, mate. Nice one. I will speak to you soon. Stay safe, everybody out there. Thanks for all the support from both of us so far. You fucking legend, yeah. Everybody in the house. For the first time in history. Ultrasonic injury. a copper 
I like a copper, yeah? He's laughing, I can hear him. The 1994 old school show. Share it on your pages, tell your friends about it and spread the word. It's something I'm really passionate about and what to continue doing.